So Matthew, thanks so much for joining me on the call today. It's a pleasure. So let's start right at the beginning. How does your creative workday start? Are you a procrastinator or do you jump right in? I guess I tend to jump right in after doing a couple. I wake up very early. I usually get up at about four or usually five, the latest. I meditate and then I read newspapers, that sort of thing. But then um, I usually like to get to work to work right away. When I'm writing, when I'm working on a job writing, I, I, I might start as early as six, which is kind of normal for me. And I'm usually shot by 12 or two. My early is about 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> I, I feel amazing if I can get started by 9.30. Oh. And, and then my problem is stopping. I don't have a problem stopping. <laughs> So what is the most creative part of the day for you? It's early morning, always. Things are quiet. I can listen. And, and part of my, I meditate, my meditation every day is really helps set up the tone for the next couple of hours, at least, until you get into dealing with other people. So there's a lot of empty space in the morning. And that's when I'm the most creative. Are you writing on paper anymore? Is it all machines? Are you recording things? How are you capturing all this? I mostly uh, write on, uh, uh, on on a computer. Sometimes I'll write ideas down on paper if I come up with something quickly. I like using fountain pens, but I usually can't get in more than a couple of lines by writing. My handwriting is really bad. I can't even read it myself. I love writing with fountain pens, and I can't read a damn thing of it. I mean, <laughs> it's so much fun to write with them, and then I look back and say, what was this? Exactly. So we met, you and I met a long time ago at Rankin Bass in New York, working on Thundercats. Yeah, ancient history, yes. It is ancient <laughs> history. One thing that I learned at working with you at Thundercats is animation and script writing are so collaborative. You need to work with other people so much, making storyboards, discussing character sketches, what the scenes will look like. Is this kind of a collaboration that you welcome, or would you rather people just leave you alone to write? Ultimately, I prefer to be left alone in, in the best of possible worlds, but I know that's not possible, in, particularly in animation. The collaboration is, is necessary there, but there's always the opportunity to get to a place to be alone and to write. You know, when we wrote together a long time ago, what I liked about that was that we would get together, we'd kick things around, and um, then we'd go away, and we'd be in our own spaces, and then we would write. I like that kind of, I guess there's something about like being in a writer's room, which I've been in. Being in a writer's room is this kind of, there's a competition going on. So I think the creative process becomes, is a different animal in a, in a writer's room. It, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's, for me, there's some stress attached to it. It's because, like, everyone's in competition to say, better gag. So it's a different kind of writing. So ultimately, I'd, I'd much prefer to be alone. But I understand the reality of that that's basically, tot you know, impossible all the time. You and I collaborated on screenplays and TV scripts. And the back and forth was good, but... We chose to work together. We weren't thrown into a room together. And we also did exactly as you just described. We tended to discuss, work stuff out, and then break away. Sometimes I think we even switched drafts 
you know, you do worked on my part, I worked on your part. I think with Peter Lawrence, who we, was our boss at Rankin Bass with Thundercats and is a known fiction writer, animator, and filmmaker, with I co-wrote a script with Peter way back in the Thundercats days, and he wrote the first part, I wrote the second part. How is writing for money different from writing because you simply want to write, or is there no difference now? When I was younger, I, I, had, I, was, I was driven to write. Um, and when it became a profession, it, you know, there's, it became less of a, uh, there's less of a drive in me, much less. And I mean, so, so these days I hardly write my own stuff at all. It's kind of a sad state of affairs. In fact, even at home, if my wife wants us to play Scrabble, I explain to her I won't do it unless, you know, I get paid per word. (laughs) (laughs) You know, these days, my personal writing has, I guess, is on a hiatus. And I suppose if I had more, more, more time and drive, I, I would do that. Writing for money adds a certain pressure, but it also takes the pressure off in a way. Because the standards are, if this isn't good, they'll just fire my ass and I'll, <laughs> I'll write something else. But if it is good, maybe I'll write more. In a way, that's like building a table. You know, you're hired as a carpenter, you do the carpentry, and you go home at the end of the day with a little sawdust on you, and you're done. There's a value to that in the writing for money, because you know what you're getting into, and you know when to stop, and you know how good it has to be. Yeah, it, it, um, it, it's true. It's almost like the pressure is the greatest when you're writing for yourself, because there's, there are no boundaries, and, and you're the only editor. True. Yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up a couple of self-generated projects now on double deadline for Monday. The stress of my own standards is starting to get to me. You know, it's harder. It's definitely harder. Right, right. It, I don't know. There has to be a, a really a hot burning spark that you really have to notice in order to get really, for me, to get really involved. Mm-hmm. It has to be, it's like I need to be hit by a truck in order to to get moving. (laughs) Well, a a very real consideration there is that in all likelihood, we're going to spend a year with with a personal project. Or if you're lucky, six or eight months, you know, you're going to be with that project for a while. So you better really want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Everybody has a different definition of their best work. What's yours? I used to, I don't know if you remember, I used to compose music for silent films. I'm not a trained musician, but I had a synthesizer and I would sit and I'd write music for silent movies. And I mostly did it for myself. I played it for people sometimes, but I was the most creative. That was my most creative output and my most creative experience. And I never did did much with it. Besides that, I, I learned to turn really anything into turn anything into something that I would consider a valuable contribution. I worked at E networks for about 13 years and I was one of the staff script editors there. And I learned that it it doesn't matter what we're turning out over here. We could be writing about a model who I, I might not be particularly interested in, but how you approach that, if you put your heart into that, that's gold. Not some great novel that you've got to figure out. If you can turn the simplest thing, the simplest job into your gold, then you can spread it around. So it's hard for me to point to one thing, 
I like to believe that when I approach a project, it's anything. And that can even go as far as like, you can have the same attitude if you're working in a coal mine. That can be your best work. So I try to approach it that everything, and that I know it's a huge blanket uh, covering, everything can be your best work if you are present to it and if you're there when during the act of creation. That's beautiful. Wow. Matthew, thanks so much for joining me on this call today. It was a pleasure. It's, it's great to talk to you and, and great to share, explore these things that I don't usually think about. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining me on this call. I'll see you next week. And feel free to share this around with your friends. <laughs>